when I write with my left hand, it gets my analytical brain out of the way. And so then you start, um, you start writing from your subconscious mind. You can connect with um, the other side and write from the other side. You can, like I use mine in channeling Carl Jung. Um, so it is a way of bypassing your critical analytical mind. Welcome to Soul Sisters Get Real, the show that goes deep in who we really are and why we are really here. We're your hosts, Karen from the States and Eleni from Australia. We've had heartfelt conversations as soul sisters for years, and we're ready to share our truths, stories, and life lessons with you. And to inspire you to connect to your truest essence, which resides deep within your soul. There'll be tears, there'll be laughter, and there'll be no holding back. So sit back, relax, and let's get real about the things that truly matter. Hello, and welcome to today's episode with Sharon Major, who happens to be a friend of mine from some of our conferences, and Sharon has been on the podcast with us before. In fact, we had Sharon on, and she started talking to us about how she channels Carl Jung in some non-dominant handwriting. And we thought that is so interesting. We wanted to invite Sharon back on with us to talk to us about that and tell us how to do it. So thank you so much for having us, Sharon. I'm so excited to hear about this non-dominant hand channeling. Well, I'm uh, very privileged to be here and I, I am excited to be here twice, especially. So um, I hope that uh, I hope that whatever I have to say is of interest to you. Of course, of course. We can't wait to hear it. Tell us about Carl Jung and how you started channeling him through your handwriting. Um, I think uh, before when I was on, I did have some conversation about how I'd lost my daughter and my uh, grandsons. And that was a journey for me. And that I was searching out many things to try to help myself. Uh, when you when you grieve, it just knocks your whole world out from underneath you mentally, physically every way that you can imagine. And so I'm like, I don't want to live like this the rest of my life. I have to find some joy in my life. And so I started searching out different ways to help myself. And one of the ways that I did some research and one of the things that I read about was um, a study for uh, Vietnam veterans and they use non-dominant handwriting with them. And um, as they did daily non-dominant handwriting, they uh, were less reactive and they could uh, less stressful and that kind of moved them into a peaceful place. And that, that really captured my attention. And so I started doing some other studies about uh, what other sciences there are out there about non-dominant handwriting. And there was three or four other studies that said that uh, it enhances your spatial abilities and your creative thinking and that um, it is uh, it helps your motor skill development just all kinds of things that I thought uh, balances your right left brain um, and there was an activated activation of your motor control and your learning so I thought there's a lot of huge benefits in non-dominant so can we just go back a bit and for, for those who are not getting it like uh, can you just first explain what is non-dominant handwriting Non-dominant handwriting, I'm right-handed. And so normally I would always write right-handed. But non-dominant handwriting, you write with your left hand. And um, it 
so what it does is it gets the, when you write, when I write with my left hand, it gets my analytical brain out of the way. And so then you start, um, you start writing from your subconscious mind. You can connect with um, the other side and write from the other side. You can, like I use mine in channeling Carl Jung. Um, so it is a way of bypassing your critical analytical mind. Mm -hmm. It takes a little practice. When you first start, it's messy and you can hardly read anything. And uh, it's an exercise in patience, but I thought that was probably good training for my brain, uh, which at that point, um, grief sort of makes your brain want to just jump out of everything. And I thought it would help me to be more disciplined. You know, my brain, it would, my brain would be more disciplined. So I just kept with it and I kept writing with my left hand. And after about a month, I would probably say, all of a sudden, um, my writing, it wasn't writing, it was printing, actually. I write with my right hand, I print with my left. And mm. um, the printing all of a sudden took shape. And I, I'm going, oh my gosh, I can, I can actually read this. <laughs> Which uh, The first month, not so much. You know, it was like I had to work reading it. And so um, as I'm learning, it is sort of, I feel like my brain is synchronizing to it in a quirky kind of way. Can and, I ask a quick question around that? Yes. So if someone wanted to channel, the book I'm writing is with my son, Josh, who's in heaven, who yes. died about three years ago. And I channel him through the book, but sometimes in my head, I would love to maybe get more messages or, or channel in a different way. Is mm -hmm. that something that you would recommend channeling uh, and, and channeling him using non-dominant handwriting and seeing what comes up? Good question. Um, so I'm going to answer that in a couple of different ways. Okay. First of all, um, if you're going to channel from the other side, you want to, you definitely want to make sure that you activate some protection mm -hmm. and whatever that way that might be for you. Maybe it's through um, praying. Maybe it's through asking the angels to be with you. Um, you don't want to just arbitrarily channel um, mm -hmm. because you there's a lot of different things that you can channel. So you want to make sure you're channeling the right, the, you, like you want to make sure that you're channeling your son. Sure. And so you have to set your intention that you're going to channel your son. That would be the first requirement is um, number one, protection and grounding. And then number two, intention setting the intention that you want to channel your son. I was always interested in Carl Jung's work and I could see parallels in his work and the work that I was doing. And um, as you get, as you know, I have a psychic that works in my office and he frequently would channel. He had channeled Carl Jung to me a couple of times and it blew me away. He was so eloquent speaking um, that, I, I could not put words into it. And so I never, I never let him go because of his eloquence. I just thought it was so amazing that he was that eloquent. So when I realized that I could, I could channel, um, I could selectively set my intention to channel someone. Carl Jung was the guy for me. That's who I decided that I wanted to channel. Mm -hmm. And um, it it ha you know, it just happened very naturally and spontaneously. So if you want to channel your son, 
you put your protection on, you set your intention, and then um, you might want to start out. What I would suggest with starting out, uh, I would start out with asking him a question. So you you so you want to get the um, two way exchange to flow. So just ask him a question and then uh, write it out in your handwriting. Write out the question in your handwriting and then uh, write out the answer that comes to you. But here's the tricky part. You cannot use your analytical mind to, to analyze that mm-hmm. it, because it's, it's going to, you have to just be open to what's being presented to you. And so, you have to be open to just letting it flow. It may not be the answer that you want. I mean, they right. they have their way of telling you things that you probably need to be told, but you went, wow, that kind of stung just a little bit, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, but also they are your best friends and your biggest encouragers. So yeah. your son, it's just a more direct way of communicating to your son. I've communicated with my daughter, my mother, my father, my right. two grandsons. So what I'm curious about is that, uh, so I do have a a line of communication with Josh and I do have an intention and I do get messages from him and he tells me silly things sometimes, or he gives me some direction. And so what, what I'm hearing is that the non-dominant handwriting, when it comes to writing the book, instead of uh, maybe just getting more messages, it's just another way of getting that analytical mind out of the way, the questioning, am I coming up with that and allowing it to flow directly in without that, that analytical mind stopping you or questioning. Yeah, because that's what happens to us most of the time is um, our analytical mind goes, well, that was that true? Or did I imagine that? Or did Mm. I actually hear that? Or, you know, it just starts questioning. It starts doubting and it keeps on throwing all those doubts out. But when you write it, and particularly, so this is the interesting part for me is if I were to go back and read what I wrote, uh, say, five years ago, I would read that writing and I would go, I have, I had no clue I wrote that because I'm having this conversation where I'm channeling. And so it many times I go back and I reread what I've written and it's like it's reading something new. It's reading it with new eyes. So the Mm -hmm. same thing would happen with you, with your son, you would write it, but then when you go back and you read it a couple of days later and you'll go, oh my gosh, did I write that? You know, it's not necessarily that it's going to make impact on you upon writing, but it's really going to make impact upon you upon reading it later. That's Mm -hmm. when, that's when it makes the difference. Sharon, um, I want to play devil's advocate here because I'm just thinking about, you know, questions that the audience might be thinking as you're speaking. And, um, you know, the three of us talk about channeling, you know, you know, very freely because we're conversant with it. But there might be people out there who they're not at that part of their journey and they might be thinking, well, why does Carl Jung want to speak to someone who is you know, from America, like why? Why would they, why would that conversation even occur? Why would that communication even occur? Can you just talk through that answer? Yes. Um, so I, uh, I've i actually had conversations about that very thing. And there's a couple of things that he told me. Uh, he told me that he saw my work and recognized that it was an extension of his work. So that was his interest. That's 
how I captured his interest on the other side. And um, that he, he liked my work ethic. That was the other thing that he told me that he liked my work ethic. That was another, another reason that he chose to work with me. Um, you, you do, it's like a pair up in Carl Jung's case, he choose, chose to work with me as I chose to work with him. So it was a pair up. It wasn't just one sided. You can't do it if it's just one sided. It yeah. has to be two sided. So the other thing that happened with Carl Jung through that whole process was he decided that he wanted to serve on my uh, spiritual board. And so he petitioned to do that. And he's now on my spiritual board, which helps to make uh, life decisions and choices and uh, helps to direct my journey through life. And so, so uh, before we talk about your spiritual board, let's just go one step back because let's okay. talk about what is a spiritual board. But I just want to say something that really helped me understand how like we connect with energy that seems like, well, you know, it, you know, even if it's Jesus Christ or Mary Magdalene or whoever, how is it that we, you know, mere mortals can do that communication? This is the way that I understood it that actually really helped me, which is like everything is a different vibration, a different frequency, and it's almost like putting on the radio station. And so if you listen to a particular station, it doesn't mean – because I remember my son when he was little and he had a severe accident and and we were praying and he said, why would God help me, mum? Like there are billions of people out there. Why is he just going to be focused on me? And I understood the answer as, well, he, God can actually focus on millions of people at the same time because it's a frequency, it's a radio station. So we just, so you basically tuned into Carl Young and Carl Young actually permitted that tuning in to happen. But at the same time, three other thousand people across the globe could also be tuning in. So it's not like you have exclusive, it's, we tend to think in a linear time frame that it's only your communication with him that's possible. But it's just like now we're having this conversation on the internet between the three of us, but at the same time, there could be thousands and thousands and thousands of people listening to this conversation. So we're actually communicating with them as well. And so just to think about channeling as a radio station, you're really tuning into their vibration, their frequency, and you are able to have a communica communication with, with Carl Young, as is somebody else if they had that intention and if Carl Young also had that intention. So we can do this with... This can happen um, at such a much grander way than we can possibly imagine. It's not just Sharon and Carl just by themselves and then there's nothing else going on. There's so many more things going on at the same time. Would you agree that that explanation sort of gives a little that bit more clarity? absolutely true. Let me tell you a little example about that. Um, I've trained other I, – I mentor people. And so uh, right now I'm mentoring uh, Cheryl Kearns, and she is a brilliant – uh, student. I'm telling you, she learns so quickly. And um, so I taught her to, I taught her to non-dominant handwrite. And I remember last time I told you that um, I um, was communication with, communicating with G was what I said, communicating with G. Um, and then you said, wait a minute, wait a minute, is that God? And I said, my answer to that was yes. Well, here is the really curious thing about that is I taught Cheryl Kearns to non-dominant handwrite. So she starts writing and she is writing 
these messages from G. And then all of a sudden, it hits us both. Oh my gosh, she's writing messages from God. And so when I said to you, and then and then I said, well, if, if Cheryl can write messages, if Cheryl can communicate with God with non-demonic handwriting, so can I. So on that's when I said to you, um, I was communicating with G. I stole it for Cheryl, actually, is what I did. But that's what happens sometimes when you uh, work with people. They teach you as well as you teach them. So she took what I was doing a step further than what I was doing. And mm -hmm. so uh, at that point, I started non-dominant handwriting with G. By the way, she's writing a book, and it's called Messages from G. And it's going to be amazing. I can't wait for that book to come out. So, yes, we all have the capability to do it. It is done through intention, and it's done through um, having a pure heart and a clear, a clear head and clear mind. Because if, you're, if you have um, not good intentions about it, I promise you it's, it's just not going to pan out for you. You have to have good intentions in doing it in order for it to work out for you. When you say good intentions, you mean for the highest good of all, is yes. what I'm assuming you mean. So when, you know, it's not just about our selfish means. In other words, how can I earn more money at the expense of other people? So that's not a good intention. A good intention is what's the highest outcome for all parties involved? Yes. If your intention is purely selfish, I can guarantee you're not going to go very far with it. It's, it's just not going to happen for you. But if you have intentions of, contributing and helping the world, then they will help you do that. And they'll, they'll, it'll be a, and it will be so much bigger than you ever dreamed of. I mean, Cheryl didn't sit down and say, I'm going to channel a book from God. You know, it's so much bigger than you can dream of. And so um, that's, what's absolutely to me fascinating and amazing, and it's uh, it, so. If there are people out there are, that are doubting, can I do it or can I can I not do it? Um, maybe you don't have the ability to do it. Uh, there are some people that may not have the ability to do it, and there may be other people. I think one of the things that helps me and you and you guys too probably would be you go in and out of hypnosis all the time. So you are you're uh, very adept at tuning into the channel. You know, right where that channel's at. So if you take somebody that a listener out there and they're not so adept to tuning into that channel, it's going to take them a little bit longer to get that tuned in and dialed in. But if they're persistent, they will tune it in, then they will dial, dial it in. And what that, what that pair up might be for them uh, would, could be very fascinating what that pair up could be for them. It's, it might be really surprising what that pair up would, I, I was just working with, um, Allie, and she told me that she was interested in um, non-dominant handwriting with a poet. I can't remember which one she said, but there was that that really interested me because I'm like, well, that would be really cool, you know. Uh, so the um, the idea of it is unlimitless, mm. but it is also you want to make sure that you you put your protection on before you do it because. It is like everything else. There's there's good energy and there's bad energy. You want to make sure that you're connecting with good energy. 
So before we talk about your spiritual board, which I'm interested to hear a little bit about that, when we talk about non-dominant handwriting, can you give us an example of what you do? So you get into the theta state, or when we say theta state, the relaxed state, it's that open space of being just available and then just allowing your hand to move. Is that what you do? Um, yeah, well, you can do it a couple of ways. You can just allow the hand to move, but um, personally, myself, I just started out with, I'm going to write with my left hand. That's the way I did it. It's just like, I'm going to write with it. I'm telling you what it looked like junk. You couldn't read it. It was scribble. It was total scribble. Uh, but I just said, I'm going to write with my left hand. And that was my intention to write with my left hand. So it wasn't so flea flowing as um, what is the other kind of writing that uh, there's a name for it. The automatic writing. Yes. It's not yeah. so free flowing as automatic writing. Can I just uh, say that when I when we interviewed you last time and you said about the non-dominant handwriting and then we said, oh, let's get you back to talk about it specifically, I actually did it. And it's just so funny because you start on the opposite side of the page and you go backwards and every single word is written like it's written the other way around. So it's really quite funny to watch yourself do it because it it just defies logic completely. But you're but you're, you know what to do. It's just like you, it's really funny. Oh. So I've so done it before. I don't go backwards. Oh, I do. Like I start on the opposite side of the page and every single word. So just say the word is house. Uh, the H is first O-U-S-E and then it goes towards the beginning of the page. So everything is, it's like a mirror vision. Well, I think that's incredibly interesting because that is not how I do it at all. Really? I just thought no. that's the way it happens. No. So you, what you have done is you have mirror imaged it is yeah. what your brain has done. That is really interesting that that's what you've done with it. Are you right-handed or left-handed? Right-handed. But I just did I thought I thought that's what you did. So because <laughs> my hand just automatically did it. It just went completely backwards. Okay, so I think that brings an interesting um, topic up in that your subconscious mind is going to, to find a method that is correct for you. Mm. You know, apparently that was correct for you, that that's what started your flow and that's what works for you. It's like learning to ride a bike. What, the way I ride it may not be the way you ride it at all, you know. So I think that that's really interesting because Karen, I can see her, Karen over there sitting and going, not me. <laughs> Doing that. Like, that's me sounds amazing. So when oh. I do it, I have my, uh, I have my page and I start it just like I write from my right hand, but oh. I just write it with my left hand. Oh, wow. It's not mirror yeah. imaged. Okay. So. I'm so glad that I brought that up because I just, even, I just thought that's the way it happens. Okay. <laughs> it just goes to writing. show you that that everything is okay. Everything is okay. There's no one way. It, well, it is. Well, here's the cool thing. So you gave your brain a task and your your brain implemented it in a way that was right for you. To me, that is what is interesting about everyone. I always have the belief that we each have it within ourselves to heal ourselves. But we have to figure out what that is. Nobody else can do that for you. Nobody can do it for you. Yeah. And so yeah. in essence, I sought out the non-dominant handwriting because 
I was seeking a way to restore, uh, to move beyond where I was, you know, and that was just something that was presented to me. And so mm -hmm. I took it and ran with it. So can I just give a suggestion? I think maybe if someone was to start or wanted to start out, I was taking a class on channeling. It's so interesting. And, and they said, start with the question, what does my soul most need to know right now? Yes. And maybe that would be a great question to start with. What does my soul most need me to know right now? And then practice it with that non-dominant handwriting. Yeah. But In my book that I've written, um, I do have some non-dominant handwriting prompts. And so one of them is, uh, one of them starts out, what does your soul want you to know? Um, you know, some things like that, that can kind of just get the turn, turn the key to get it started. Um, so if you just start simple, you know what, if you just start, I always am a believer in keeping things simple. So just keep it yeah. simple. And if you just want to know what is in my best interest for my life right now, that might be a question you can ask. Um, how can I? Um, you know, it just sometimes it's just starting out with things that can maybe help you navigate through life might mm -hmm. be the questions that you want to start out with. And then mm -hmm. you you will find that it will take on a life. It's, it's like writing a book. When you write a book, you start out with an intention. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book about grief. I didn't actually intend that, but I did. So you start out with intention. I'm going to write a book about grief. But at some point, that book takes on its own life. And then when it begins to take on its own life, you're even reading it and going, oh, my gosh, I wouldn't have thought of that. How did I get to here? And that's the same thing with the non-dominant handwriting. It takes on its own life. Mm, it's like just, my journey has taken on its own life with Carl Jung. Of course. Just to differentiate that between automatic handwriting, because interestingly, just this last week, I've started automatic handwriting. Mm -hmm. And um, how it works is, for me, how it works is I find it easiest to do straight after meditation. So I have a book. So as I meditate on the ground on my meditation cushion and I have a, my journal book and a pen right next to me. And so as soon as I open my eyes, I just write the, the first word that comes, that comes to me and I just continue. So not thinking. I don't even have a question. I just, I just write. So whatever, and like some magical words came up and I was really um, amazed. Like the other day I had four pages come up and it was just the most beautiful words that just came through me and that came directly after meditating for a while. So, you know, that's just in my dominant hand though. So just to differentiate between automatic writing and non-dominant handwriting, that the automatic handwriting happened in my dominant hand but Sharon what you're referring to is a way of bypassing the critical mind another way is to write with your left hand do you think that it also benefits people to just still the mind just before they start that process like what how, what do you teach people to do directly before they start the pen to paper well in my own personal uh, experiences I non-dominate handwrite in the same place every day so when I sit down to do it, I know that that's my intention. That's what I'm, that's what I'm there for. So I think it's a good idea to have a place that you are consistent with where you do it at, because that's kind of the signal. Okay. I'm ready to open this channel. I'm here and I'm ready to open this channel in this specific place. So I don't write it uh, on my porch or in my bedroom or anything like that. You know, I do it at the same place every day. 
Ritual. And um, I do write it. I do non-dominant handwrite every single day. And I hate it when I can't do it. Because when I don't hand, non-dominant handwrite, I feel discombobulated the whole day. It really throws me off. And it doesn't matter. I don't always channel Carl Jung. Sometimes I'll just non-dominant handwrite. Hey, I've got this issue going on here. Is there anyone on the spirit world that can give me some advice on this? You know, so sometimes it's like that. It's open-ended. And it's surprising sometimes what will come to, who will come through and who uh, what advice comes through. So uh, consistency is a really big deal, I think. And of course, intention is a big deal. But you keep it simple. It doesn't have to be complex. You don't have to sit down with the idea that you're going to write a whole bunch of um, uh, amazing things. Just write is what I'm going to say. Just write. That's all you have to do. And it will take on its own life. But you have to be patient. You know, you have to be patient to get there with it because it's not immediate. It just, it's like learning to write when you're a child, you didn't do your, you did your ABCs and then you put your words together and then you wrote. And it's kind of the same process. You're going to start it. You're going to start simple and then it will become more um, complex and more layered is what I really want to say as time goes on. It, it almost sounds to me like when we say do it at a consistent time every week, you know, make it like into a ritual, that it's the same process every time. It's almost like, you know, just say I'm coming to visit your house every week. You know I'm coming. So mm -hmm. every Saturday, Sharon, I'm coming to your house and we're going to have afternoon tea together and we're going to have a chat. So you're prepared for that and you know that. And so therefore it's you're more likely to be home and you're more likely to welcome me and have the communication with me. So I'm hearing that's what happens with when we channel spirit. It's it's like there's almost like this consistency where the channel is open on both sides. Is that right? Yes. yes. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing when you pray. When you pray and when you consistently pray, there is a relationship that goes from prayer to prayer to prayer and a door that opens with prayer. So it's kind of the same thing. It's developing a intention and a relationship. So I am intentionally developing this relationship. So, yes. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your board, your spiritual board. Okay. Well, we each have a spiritual board. Um, people may call it or name it by another name. I'm just real simple, so I don't get too complex with the way I think about things. On our spiritual board, um, you review with your spiritual board before you incarnate the things that you're going to be working with in your lifetime. And um, there are there are um, two or three people on your board, maybe two. I have two. I don't know. It may be different for other people that are permanent, have been there for eternity is like what I want to say in that. And then there can be people that can come, can petition to serve in your board. And, um, if if it seems to be the right mix, the right match, then they will serve on your board and they will serve some sort of function on your board. And so it can be um, multiple uh, different people that can help you along the way and help you with what you're trying to accomplish in your lifetime. 
So it's all connected with what your destiny is and what you have chosen to con uh, contribute to mankind. And so um, getting to know your board is really pretty cool because you can get all kinds of information about. So I'm walking across the street one day and I get ran over by a car. Holy cow, who wants to do that? But that was part of what was set in my, in my life plan. And that was part of what allows me to do the work that I do today because there was so much learning that came from that experience on how to heal the mind and the body. Because that uh, just took me to the lowest of the lows. And I had to, to grapple and find my way back up from there. And so um, the board can help you do that and they can help you um, set up those tasks that you've set out to learn. One of the things that I'm working on in my lifetime is um, courage. So I can pretty much expect that things that are happening to me in this lifetime is going to require courage for me to get through it. And if I have a choice of, a, of two ways, the easy way or the courageous way, if I really want to, at the end of my life, feel like I've accomplished what I set out to do, then I need to choose the courageous path because that's what I'm learning in my lifetime. Maybe you're learning acceptance. Maybe you're learning, um, you know, there's a, a, a whole list of things that you could be learning. Mm, and um, the things that are happening to you are what are directing you toward that learning. And so on the other side, they put people, places, and things in our way to help us do that. But they cannot interfere one bit with your choice. Mm -hmm. That is a big no-no. So they're not allowed to make any choices for you or take that and away from you. Yeah, I have to say what's coming up for me with you and knowing that in your lifetime choosing courage is it takes incredible courage to get hit by a truck, have your daughter pass away, and two grandchildren pass away. That is courage. Like I can imagine you are learning some massive lessons because to put one foot in front of the other after all of that, that is massive courage. It it is courage, but you know, here's the tricky, here's a, here is the thing. Once I figured out that I'm working on courage in my lifetime, that really gave me a huge step up in dealing with all those things. I don't know if that sounds silly, yeah. no, but I it gave me the, uh, the ability to, to put things, implement things in my life that would help me be able to move through that. So it's almost mm -hmm. like, okay, here we go again. A next yes. level of courage. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, let me tell you what, I I'm, would not ask for any of those events at all, ever. Right. Uh, but I can say that every one of those events make me who I am, make uh, influence the work that I do and influence how I approach working with my clients and with other people and how I teach. So they're all a big part of that. And so those horrible things that happen to us that we just think are terrible may not be so terrible. They mm. may just be teaching experiences that we need to wake up and look at what it is that we're working on and what we need to be learning. 
Yeah. Because we don't like to change very much. No, that's right. We it's un- it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable yes. to change. So for those people who are, you know, just to close off the conversation on your spiritual board, um, which I'm feeling is like your family of light, your spirit team, is it? The, yes. Yep. Yes. And if you don't know who who's on on in your spirit family or your spirit team, I would suggest you just call out because there are different spirits and energies out there that are in charge of every area of your life. And my understanding is that they come in and out. So you might need a particular type of spirit. Like at this moment, Karen and I are writing a book. So we probably have some sort of, um, you know, spirit that's assisting with that. Later on, we'll, we'll need someone to market the book. And so we'll probably have an energy or spirit that assists with that. So we have different ones that come in and out according to where we are at whatever time in our life. But if you don't know who you have in your spirit family, because I would say that most of us don't know who is in our spirit family, just to ask for it. Like if you're going through a issue with your relationship right now, say that, you know, you know, the spirit guide that's in charge of, you know, my relationship, can you come forth and give me some guidance in this area? Or if you're going through a health issue, okay, the spirit guide that is helping with health and well-being come forward. So whatever it is that you're doing at that point in time in your life, you can call them forward, right, Sharon? Yes, you can call them forward. And we also do, um, I think it was last year that Cheryl and I presented a, um, at the Heartland Hypnosis Conference, we presented, um, our presentation was on connecting with your, um, with uh, them. And we actually did a couple of people through hypnosis. She, I did mine through hypnosis and she did hers through reading. So we did the two and just kind of did a comparison of the two. So awesome. I love that. There's different ways you can do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So getting to know them is a great idea because um, once you get to know who they are, then you know that you can call on them and you can develop a personal relationship with them. Awesome. And um, they're open to that. They're definitely open to that. Awesome. Just to close off, would you be able to write perhaps a sentence or two um, that would be relevant for our listeners in terms of automatic handwriting, like right now? Write something right now? Yeah. Okay. Hold on just a second. Just a second. So for people listening out there, we're going to get Sharon to do a bit of automatic writing and give us all a message that especially for us. It's interesting, um, Eleni, that you had just said, we're always on the same page. And uh, just yesterday, Chad came over and was doing a little, like a, a spiritual retreat for my friends that were visiting from California and Arizona and Iowa, and we're staying here. And he was talking about his spiritual board and automatic writing and getting the messages and that when he started connecting with his spiritual board, that the messages flowed better through his hand than trying to get the messages and then write them down. So Mm -hmm. he would connect in and write the messages as they came from his spiritual board, as opposed to connecting and then writing. Mm -hmm. So, but similar, like, it's interesting how we're always on these similar paths because I started that. Totally. I love it. Love it. Okay. This is what I got. You are stronger than you think, and life is to be lived and loved. Keep going, girls. I love this. And you gave us a a really massive nugget because I, what's coming up for me is what is my 
what do I get to learn in this lifetime? I love your courage. So what is that? Like, what is that? And I get to really work on that too with my spirit team and see what comes up for me. So thank you for presencing that for us. So um, if you want to figure out what you're working on in your lifetime, go back and look at the patterns that have happened in your life. Mm -hmm. So what kind, what patterns have it happened? And when you start looking at the patterns, it, that'll start telling you actually what you're working on. So it might be, maybe you're working on acceptance. So is it has a bit of pattern of things that you've had to accept in your life, mm -hmm. yeah. or you might be working on, you know, like myself, the courage. So there's things that happened in my life that has taken courage, you know, so just look at the patterns that have happened in your life and it will tell you what you're working on in your life. And Very once revealing. you figure it out, it's going to be much easier. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So Sharon, we did ask you this question at the end of the last episode, but it's a question that we ask all our guests every single time at the end. And this is a different month now, and you might have a completely different answer. So um, this podcast is called Soul Sisters Get Real. What does mm -hmm. it mean to you to get real? It means speaking your truth, even if that is uncomfortable or painful. You know, because when you don't speak your truth, um, there's a part of your soul that is very sad about that. Yeah, absolutely. That and, and interesting, you said that because directly before when you were talking about what are the patterns in your life, I know that my mission, one of my missions here is to shed truth on lies. So I know that is a fact. And I've gone through a process many years ago where I didn't have the courage to speak the truth. And speaking the truth every day is an intention because we're not talking necessarily about huge things, even the littlest things, everything. Always speak the truth. Always speak the truth. And you'd be surprised when you set that intention consciously of always speaking the truth, how often you know, you might say something that is not completely truthful. It might be an exaggeration. It might be, who knows? But, you know, when you set the intention that I will always, always speak the truth, and I like what you said, that your soul gets a little bit sad if you don't speak the truth. And that's why, you know, this is about soul sisters getting real. So thank you, sister, for getting real today and for giving us your beautiful um, words of wisdom and guidance and we hope that this will inspire people to you know let go of what it looks like but just start writing with your non-dominant hand and just see what happens yes um, I will say in my book um, many shades of grief honoring the brokenhearted which will be coming out there will be specific non-dominant handwriting instructions in it perfect and where can people find that um, well I'm hoping everywhere at this okay. point, I'm just in the process. So um, my intention, the intention again, is that it will be accessible everywhere. One, so the one moment it becomes available, let us give us the links that we can actually put in the show notes. I, I will do that. Um, right now, I'm in the process of writing the query letter and um, uh, getting an agent. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Awesome. And one more time, can you tell us the name of it? Um, Many Shades of Grief, Honoring the Brokenhearted. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you Beautiful. for having Wait me. That comes out. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you so uh -huh. much. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you loved it. And if you did, 
subscribe to the podcast. We would so love it if you write us a review and share it with your friends. And remember, always connect to your truest essence. And choose love. We'll see you next time.